तमो भगवते ृतिवासुदेवायाचिमद्भागवतृष्णुपाऊंदचार्यस्कृतिवासुदेवायाटिकंकनम Upon reaching the shelter of Lord Shesh, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Chitraketu saw that he was as white as the white fibers of a lotus flower. He was dressed in bluish garments and adorned with a brilliantly glittering helmet. Armlets, belt, and bangles. His face was smiling, and his eyes were reddish. He was surrounded by such exalted, liberated persons as Sanat Kumar. Text thirty-one. Tadarshana dhasta samasta kyudisha swasthamalanta karana bhayan monihi pravridha bhaktya apne yashulochana prashtarama namadadi purusham. Translation: As soon as Maharaj Chitraketu saw the Supreme Lord, he was cleansed of all material contamination and situated in his original Krishna consciousness, being completely purified. He became silent and grave, and because of love for the Lord, tears fell from his eyes and his hair stood on end. With great devotion and love, he offered his respectful obeisances. Unto the original personality of Godhead, for God, the word tad darshan advasta samasta kildeshaha is very important in this verse. If one regularly sees the supreme personality of Godhead in the temple, one will gradually be disinfected of all material desires simply by visiting the temple and seeing the deity. When one is free from all the results of sinful activities, one will be purified and with a healthy mind, completely cleansed. He will increasingly make progress in Krishna consciousness. The Prabhupada comments in this purport that by regularly visiting the temple, by seeing the deity, one will gradually be free from all material contaminations, and one will be able to go back home, back to Godhead, to see the supreme personality of Godhead face to face, talk with him. Dance with him, maybe steal his lunch pack, maybe have yours stolen by him. So this is the promise of Krishna consciousness, going back to Godhead, back to where we belong. We don't belong in this material world. Now, by reading this purport, we may think that this is very nice. Then all I have to do is come to the temple. Don't have to do anything else. I'll just come to the temple. That's all, and I'll gradually get purified. Simply because, simply by coming to the temple and seeing the deity, one is purified. But then we may ask, how do we see the deity? Is seeing the deity simply by seeing with our eyes? 
we have to see Krishna not exactly through the eyes, but through the process of hearing from devotees, through the ears. Then we can understand who is Krishna. Otherwise, we may see the deity in the temple, but if we don't understand who he is, then actually we won't see Krishna. As Prabhupada said in that famous lecture when he was establishing Shri Sri Rukmini Dwarkadish, Radha Krishna, in Los Angeles, he said that if you think that this deity is simply a brass-made idol, then he will remain a brass-made idol to you forever. But if you think this is Krishna, this is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then you, if you understand this is Krishna, then you'll be able to talk with him. Prabhupada explained that Krishna has come for this purpose. Why does Krishna come? Not simply to pose on the altar, but he wants to, that his devotees will talk with him. Krishna wants that we all come to this stage of being able to talk with him, maybe even walk with him. You see, there was one deity in Gopal, Gopal he was here in Vrindavan, now he's not here because he walked to South India, Sakshi Gopal. Now he's in Puri district. So Krishna, he wants that. Therefore he comes out of his kindness. He agrees to accept our worship, even though we're not qualified. But Krishna agrees. All right, you have some idea to serve me. He'll accept our service, though he doesn't need our service. He's being served by Mother Yashoda very nicely. What are we going to offer to cook to Krishna? We cook something. Krishna is already being served by Radharani every day. And Mother Yashoda is cooking. So what will we do? Our service, uh, that's simply beginning stages. But Krishna is so kind that he accepts if we follow the proper process of devotional service. If we think that this is Krishna when we are serving Krishna, and with that mood of awe and reverence that is required in the beginning stages. Beginning stages means until we have full realization that this is Krishna, then we're in the beginning stage. Sometimes we read in Prabhupada's books over here that so many rules and regulations are meant for devotees in the beginning stage. So we think that, well, I've been in this movement so many years, I'm not on the new Bhakta program anymore. So I suppose I'm no longer in the beginning stage. I'm probably in the advanced stage. But it's not exactly like joining a company or a corporation where after 20 years you get gradual promotions and then you maybe get on the board of directors. It's not exactly like that. Uh, one may be practicing devotional service for many lifetimes. Generally it takes many lifetimes to understand Krishna. Uh, that not immediately. Manushanam Sahasreshu Kastid Yatiti Siddhya Yatitava Pisiddhana Kastin Mangati Tatvatam. Over many lifetimes, one may be practicing. A few may become perfect. Generally, that is the process. But by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mercy, which we should always remember, lest we become puffed up, as our tendency is to, that we are only here living on mercy. We are here living on the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. We're here living on the mercy of Srila Prabhupada. This uh, tendency of the conditioned soul to become proud. That now I've become very advanced. Now I'm a big devotee. Now I'm a great devotee. 
then we become qualifications for becoming a mouse. We become qualified for becoming a mouse. Punar Mushiko Bhava. I'm so big, I'm so great. We don't remember where we came from. What, which gutter did you come from? Which, which uh, brothel did we fall out of? We're forgetting what position we came from. So if we forget, and we think I'm very great, forgetting that Krishna is great, I'm not great. I'm simply here, living on the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then we can't understand Krishna. There's that one verse, the Brahma Vaivarta Purana, says that if one becomes very proud, then he may go on executing his devotional service, formally, thinking he's making advancement. But it's just as if there were great mountains in between him and God. It's this big obstacle, a great obstacle. So how to see Krishna, actually? With pride, one cannot. Uh, by an imaginary process, just like there are so many people in India who imagine that they are highly advanced devotees. This sahajya kind of mood, that without following any rules and regulations, without satisfying the spiritual master, without dedicating themselves, without going through the hard work of removing all the impurities in the heart by a tivrina yogena, by intense devotional service, they simply imagine that now I've become an advanced devotee. We'll find so many cases. Prabhupada, he was describing, one time one lady came to him and she was going in the temple of, she told, I was in the temple of Jagannath and Jagannath caught my sari and was pulling it. And then when I went to the train station, the train was pulling out and Jagannath was, Gopal, young boy, was running after me. And Prabhupada said that so many people tell so many stories like this. As far as I'm concerned, I never had any such experiences. Prabhupada, the Acharya of the entire world, Prabhupada said, I never had any such experiences. In my dream, Krishna came and so many... Actually, Prabhupada had. But he's saying, simply I followed the instructions of my spiritual master, that's all. Not that. Sometimes people say, have you seen Krishna? Have you seen... Did you have any dreams or visions? This is not our process, that I had a dream. And that may or may not happen. But our process is that anyway we're in a dream. We're in a dream, this material life. We're dreaming that I am not the servant of Krishna. I am the supreme enjoyer. This whole world is meant for my enjoyment. So we hear instructions from Guru, Sadhu and Shastra which wakes us up from the dream that I am this body, I am not the servant of Krishna. Wake up from that dream and follow the process of devotional service and gradually, it may take many lifetimes, if we're serious, it may be in this lifetime, gradually we come to the stage when we can see Krishna face to face, when Krishna is pleased with our service. Atashi Krishna namadi nabhavet grahyam indriyai how many times Prabhupada quoted this verse? That Krishna can be seen by the process of devotional service. We can't understand Krishna by imagination. But we can understand Krishna when he is pleased with us by our serving mood 
then he will reveal himself to us. Not by imagination, but by following the process of regulated devotional service. Therefore, when one comes to the temple, it is a regulated principle that one should hear. We see in temples in India, generally they have some place where you can sit. And people, they take darshan, and then they come and sit before they leave the temple. For at least half a minute, they sit down, their regular friends come at the same time, and they chit-chat with them. Hello, how are you? How's the pain in your back? And so many things. And then they go off. So, that, why there's a seat, it's said that you should sit in the temple. Why is it said that you should sit in the temple? Uh, not so that you can chit-chat with your friends, how is the pain in your back? But the idea is that you should sit and hear some instructions. That's why it said you should sit. Not that simply it's one of the rules you should sit. So you sit for 20 seconds and you get up and go. But coming to the temple, it's just like going to a holy place. One should hear from the spiritually advanced persons there. Who is the archak? Who is doing the worship in the temple? It's supposed to be someone who knows the Shastra and will explain that. So he's doing puja and then he comes, he's done the puja, then he'll speak and give you some knowledge. In the temple should be a Brahmin. Why should be a Brahmin? Means someone who studied the Shastra, who understands what he is doing, who he is serving. Nowadays it's just going on as a formality. Someone is born in a Brahmin family, so he goes and he learns how to do karma kandiya rituals and pujas, he learns all these things. He learns some mantras, which you're supposed to do at the time of puja. One time I remember in South India, I was uh, visiting one temple and the pujari, he was reciting some very nice prayers while he was doing some puja. So I asked him when he finished, well, those are very, they sounded like very nice prayers, just like this one he was being described. Describing the beautiful features of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So I recognized some words. So I asked him, what does this, what do these mantras mean? He said, I don't know. Just I learn and I do this and that's all. It's my job. He didn't say it's my job, but that was understood. So practically that's understood. Even there are so many nice temples, nice sampradayas, uh, Sri Vaishnava sampradaya, Vallabh sampradaya, Madhva sampradaya. But uh, they're going on, nice prayers being recited, but mostly as a formality. Because, why is it going on as a formality? Because that spirit of glorifying the Lord has not been kept prominently alive. All these prayers, what are they for? For glorifying the Lord. The Srimad Bhagavad class, for glorifying the Lord. Although, in the course of the class, there may be also the uh, opposite of glorification. There's one side is stuti, the other side is ninda. So, destroying or speaking against all the wrong theories, that is also part of the glorification of the Lord. Because People, they may glorify the Lord, they may offer so many nice prayers, but at the same time their consciousness is wrong because they have so many wrong ideas. They'll be glorifying the Lord, oh you're so beautiful, you're so wonderful, you're so powerful. And at the same time, they're thinking that actually, Tattvamasi, he is me, I am he, I'm as good as him. Now I'm worshipping him, now I'm praising him, but when I become more advanced, I'll become him. And then everyone else, then I'll be standing up on the altar and everyone will be praising me. 
That's the Mayavad idea. So many wrong ideas. Therefore, part of speaking Bhagavad philosophy, one side is Prem Pracharan, uh, speaking in such a way that people's feelings of love for Krishna will increase. Then also Pashanda Dalan, that means all the wrong ideas, they should be cut out. And actually before praying can be understood, before one can enter into a proper loving relationship with Krishna, first all the wrong ideas have to be cut out. As long as all the wrong ideas are there, which we've accumulated over many lifetimes and in this lifetime, all wrong ideas, as long as these wrong philosophical ideas, non-philosophical ideas are there, then we can't understand Krishna. Therefore the class means discussion of philosophy. Srimad Bhagavatam is Bhagavat Tattva Vigyanam Mukta Sangasya Jayate. This is the science of God, not simply some sentimental offering, but the science of God by understanding which one becomes liberated from all material contamination by understanding Srimad Bhagavatam. So side by side with seeing the Lord in the temple, hearing about Him is required. Hearing about Him means not only lilas but philosophy. That has to be understood. This philosophy of Srimad Bhagavatam, this is non-different from Krishna. It's not only that seeing the Lord in the temple that is seeing Krishna and discussing different philosophies, that's only philosophy, that's just gyan, as some people say. No. If Srimad Bhagavatam is discussed in the society of devotees, that is non-different from Krishna. That is Krishna Katha, which is non-different from Krishna. Srimad Bhagavatam is non-different from Krishna. As Prabhupada has noted in one of his purports at the beginning of Bhagavatam, that if one studies the Bhagavatam carefully, he can see Krishna in every page. If one... Uh, what is that? He says that one can derive all the benefits from Srimad Bhagavatam as one can by seeing the Lord face as if Krishna was here personally. He is personally present in Srimad Bhagavatam. So this hearing, this is more important than seeing the deity in the temple. Not that seeing the deity in the temple is not important. But hearing is more important because by hearing we can understand who is Krishna. Otherwise we'll have so many wrong ideas. Uh, those who are completely devoid of devotion, even if they see Krishna, they can't see him. I personally have this experience, they don't see him. That uh, one time in Bhaktivedanta Manor, our temple in London, one gentleman, Karmi, not a devotee, he came into our temple room, he was a, for doing a painting job or some electrical work. I think it was electrical work. So I brought him into the temple and he was astonished. Oh, how beautiful. I never saw such a beautiful room. And he saw, look at the gold painting on the walls. Look at the floor. And he's, he was praising everything, but he never, see, he never saw the deities, which is the whole point of the temple room. He saw everything else is so beautiful, but somehow or other he didn't even see the deities. And I pointed out that the floor is very beautiful and the ceiling is very beautiful and the chandeliers are very beautiful. But what about this? This is also very beautiful. This is the whole point. Why we're decorating the temple room, not so that we can sit here and gaze at the chandeliers and think how nice they are, but we should sit and gaze at Krishna and think how nice he is. And why Krishna is nice, how he is nice, 
that we can understand not by sentiment, but by hearing Srimad Bhagavatam. So seeing the deity in the temple, that appeals to our natural sentiment, that everyone is eternal servant of Krishna. So if you see Krishna, and if we're not very impious, then naturally we'll have some attraction. Generally people who are very impious, they don't go to the temples. Anyway. But sometimes, impious people, they also go to the temple. Mayavadis, they may also go to the temple. Thinking that we have to set an example for the general people who are not very advanced, so we'll go to the temple. Uh, we don't need to go to the temple because we've already understand we're God. They think like this. Or they go to the temple thinking that, yes, this is part of sadhana, that by going to the temple we'll see the deity and we'll make more progress in understanding that I am God. So even impious people go to the temple. And such people, if they go to the temple, they may go over many lifetimes, but they won't understand Krishna. They won't even be, hardly they'll become purified. Purification comes by hearing. Even chanting Hare Krishna, if we don't hear regularly, then the effect, the purification, that won't be much. Because, Bahujanma Kareja Deshavan Kirtan Tabutana Pai Krishna Pade Pringhan. One may chant for many lifetimes, but if he's offensive, as long as there are offenses, he won't get the result of chanting, which is love of Krishna. And what are those offenses? All those offenses, they are based on wrong conceptions. That one blasphemes the sadhus, blasphemes the devotees, thinking them ordinary people. He thinks that Krishna, if you chant, and if you chant Durga, or Kali, it's all the same. He doesn't strictly follow the orders of the spiritual master, doesn't recognize the scriptures, thinks that chanting is imagination. All these offenses, they're based on misconceptions, philosophical misunderstandings. Therefore, hearing has to be there so that we, be, we understand the philosophy of Krishna consciousness clearly. Then we can chant properly. Otherwise, if we have wrong ideas, uh, then our chanting, that will be mixed with so many offenses and it won't bring the proper result. Therefore, hearing, chanting, seeing the deity in the temple. First thing is hearing. Shravadam kirtana. First thing is hearing. Then we can properly understand. Then we can become purified. <clears throat> is there any question? Mahaprabhu must have some questions. one has developed his liking for hearing, but he hasn't developed his liking for seeing the deity, what is his position? No, actually, if you've developed a liking for hearing, then automatically the liking for seeing the deity will come. That is one of the symptoms of one who's developed his liking for hearing. Although, different devotees, they may have different proclivity and devotional service. Someone is more 
attached to hearing, someone is more attached to deity worship, that's also there. There are nine processes of devotional service and some devotees become more attached to one than another. That we see Parikshit Maharaj, simply by hearing, he attained all perfection. Shukadeva Goswami, by speaking, he attained all perfection. So devotees, they may have tendency towards one process more than another, but for all devotees, hearing and chanting are essential. That's for all devotees. Which are, even one may have a, a tendency towards deity worship, but unless he hears, then deity worship, chanting is there. When chanting the mantras, then chanting must be there. And hearing must be there also. Otherwise, he'll remain in the neophyte stage. Question. Yeah. We are in a dream. Whose dream are we in? We are dreaming. This, this whole material world is manifest as a dream of Mahavishnu. And we are dreaming. What is that? We are dreaming that I am this body. I am American. I am Italian. I am man. I am a woman. Forgetting our real position. Just like in a dream at night, if, if we think this is our real position, this body. So in a dream at night, we may get another body, a king's body, or we may dream I'm flying in the sky. But when we wake up, we realize that it was only a dream, it wasn't real. When we wake up, we, we realize it was a dream, it wasn't real. So in the same way, this existence outside of Krishna consciousness that is like a dream, because when we wake up, we understand it's not real. I'm not this body, I'm spirit soul, I'm the eternal servant of Krishna. So that is, at night time we dream, and at daytime it's like a prolonged dream. Please. point is being made that if we chant hearing nicely, hearing properly, then our Krishna consciousness is complete. There's no need even to follow the other processes. That's true. Of course, we are not at such an advanced stage that we can simply sit and chant. Even when we are chanting sixteen rounds, how many rounds do we hear? So, all the other processes. It's a, it's a complete package Prabhupada gave us. That we should live in the association of devotees, hear, chant, engage in various services, worship the deity. In different parts of the Vedic literatures, especially in the nature of devotion, different processes of devotional service are praised. 
just like this purport, seeing the deity is praised. So that praising, hearing, or praising, chanting, or praising, associating with devotees, or praising, taking prasad, or praising, visiting holy places, this doesn't, mean, this doesn't exclude the other processes. It doesn't mean that the other processes are not important. Rather, they're all important and they should all be accepted with full enthusiasm. Please. Familiarity breeds contempt. The comment is that morning program, we think, well, what's the value? It's not so interesting. So maybe I shouldn't bother going. What is the cause of that? The cause of that is maybe we don't have enough classes speaking on the value of these things. Why we should attend all these things. Actually, if we just consider what we are doing, what are we doing when we are coming to Mongolati? We are having the darshan of the Supreme Personality of Godhead in the most auspicious time of day. How can we not go? Krishna has very kindly come. He doesn't have to come and have all of us useless people sing his names. He's already, already the gopis, they're singing for him. He doesn't need us. But he's come, and he's getting up early in the morning, just so that he can accept our worship, and we're sleeping. It's offensive. So there should be no question of, of not coming, and uh, if we understand what we are doing, that after so many millions of lifetimes of sleeping, now we have the chance to engage in Krishna's service. So why should we not come? We just understand these things. Another thing is there should be no question of not coming because it's Vaidhi Bhakti, according to Vindhi, according to rules and regulations, one has to come. Nowadays, somehow or other in our movement, it's become optional that one should come or not. But that wasn't what Prabhupada gave us. He didn't give it that uh, you can come or not come. You come. That's all. You have to come. Some other question? Do you have to change our consciousness and what? Sorry? Yeah. It was told by one speaker that we have to change our consciousness to Krishna consciousness. We don't have to go back to Godhead. How can we accommodate this? Well, of course, that means Krishna consciousness means to change our consciousness to Krishna consciousness. And a pure devotee as Lord Chaitanya prayed, he doesn't pray to go back home, back to Godhead. He only wants to serve Krishna in any condition of life, maybe in heaven or hell, or in Vaikuntha. 
But of course, if you are in that consciousness, then you are back to Godhead and you do go back to Godhead. So instead, that's, a, that's an advanced concept if we think that giving up the desire even to go back to Godhead, that instead of thinking how I will enjoy myself back to Godhead, I'll stay here in this material world and preach. That is an advanced understanding. Of course, Prabhupada, he always preached to us that we should go home back to Godhead. Because we may not be so advanced as to think, let me stay here and preach. That's a highly advanced understanding. Prabhupada wrote in the second canto of Bhagavatam that if we have any selfish desire, this one selfish desire you keep, how I can go back to Godhead. But how do you go back to Godhead? By following Lord Chaitanya's instructions, preaching, then we get purified to go back to Godhead. Yeah. It's Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad. Yeah, but we should be captivated by the thought there's a place where we can live with Krishna. Let's go. Why should we stay here doing some miserable factory job, getting born again and again and again? Let's go back to Godhead. Why you hang around here? So that desire, yes, let's go back to Godhead. But then, while thinking of that also, the other side, devotee thinks, wait a minute, what about everybody else? How can I, I have this information of back home, back to Godhead, but what about everyone else? They're suffering without that knowledge. So let me try and do something to inform them also, so they can also go back to Godhead. So both considerations are there. That we want to Send everyone back to Godhead, travel agents. Back to Godhead, travel agents. Send them here, one way ticket. One time a devotee asked Prabhupada that, uh, will we be going back to Godhead? Do you think we'll go? Prabhupada said that we're working our whole life sending people back to Godhead. That's what we're doing. Our preaching is only for sending people back to Godhead. And we're not going ourselves? Certainly we'll go. If we're doing that, if we're dedicating ourselves to the preaching mission, then uh, certainly, we, practically we don't have to worry. We don't have to think, am I going or not? Please, I have questions today. I did in the nectar of devotions, the Prabhupada said that it is offensive to circumambulate in front of the deities. Yeah. My question is, I don't understand actually, what does it mean really to circumambulate? This has got absolutely nothing to do with the class, this question. But anyway, as it's asked, we'll answer it. Prabhu here, sorry I don't know your name, has said that Prabhupada wrote in the Nectar of Devotion that it's offensive to circumambulate in front of the deities. What does that mean? Circumambulate means in Vedic culture that is one method of offering great respect to someone is to go around him clockwise. You'll find this again and again, just like Indra, after offering prayers to Krishna, after the go after the Govardhan Lila, before leaving him, he circumambulated him. You'll find this again and again mentioned. So that's to offer respect to someone. So we shouldn't do that in front of the deities. We shouldn't offer respect to 
anyone by circumambulating them in front of the deities. So that's like we do Tulsi Arati with the deity curtain closed. So we're offering respect to Tulsi, but as a formality we should do that with the deity curtain closed. Hare Krishna.